You are listening to Midi on the Madams is Amory Sky, and we're back, beloved. Got a lot in your mind, and we can talk about it. Got a lot going on, and we can talk about it. If you're looking for grooves, we want to talk about it. If you're looking for food, we want to talk about it. Got good news, I want to talk about it. Hi, Kiana. Hello, Amanda. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am doing well. So today we're going to talk about the relationships between Black mothers and their daughters and how things have changed generationally, but they haven't. And understanding that being a healed daughter and our parent not fully understanding that and how it kind of handicaps you sometimes because you're in a space of I'm healed and I want them to be healed, but they're not. So how do I accept them where they are, but continue to help them grow just a little bit? That's a good, that's a good question. Um, so where do you think you are in that space? I'm, I'm still healing. Um, but I feel myself, you know how when you have a sprain, you start to not notice the sprain anymore when you heal up. And then when you're like, oh, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. I'm 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 there where I'm starting to not to have to recognize trauma anymore. My mother was not a toxic mother, is not a toxic mother. However, she did escape a toxic marriage through divorce. And so that left a lot of wounds. But um I can say this. I feel like the best thing I can do to help her on her healing is to just be, be her fruit. Just, just be the example of and where, where she would like to be. And she recently told me she was proud of me. Okay, let that sink in. <laughs> that's a, no, that's huge. It's huge, huge. And she told me via text, and I'm glad because I might have just broke down and cried in front of her if it had been face to face. Because, <laughs> like I said, I'm still healing. Like that sprain. Like if you roll your ankle in the right position, it's like, oh, it's still there. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I think for me, the best thing is just to be the example of the healing. Be, I think our mothers raise us, regardless of race, mothers raise daughters to not have to go through the, the stuff that they went through as women. I really do. Even toxic mothers, they don't always have the correct medicine to give their children, their daughters, but they try in their own way. We just don't know it's toxic. <laughs> so what do you think? I think mine, for example, she says she's proud of me, but she doesn't say it to me. I always hear it through other people. Um, which is like, why are you, you don't say it to me? So that's one aspect of it. But I think it's a generational thing sometimes and generational traumas that not knowing how to let go of. I think that like you, I'm still healing, but sometimes I can identify where I was like, you know what? This isn't my battle. This is, I'm gonna pray about this and let it go. Mm. That's wisdom. Because there's just, there's no fighting it. There's no point in fighting it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to save my peace. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to operate in my lane, in my space. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, no, 
have enough wisdom. I'm not, mm -hmm. I think sometimes that's unsettling to her and others. Like I talked to my other friends about like their relationships with their moms and everybody has a different story. Mm -hmm. Some people say that their mothers have been their best friend because their mothers dealt with generational trauma themselves and mm -hmm. they knew they didn't want to instill that in their daughters. Mm -hmm. And so, like I say, how many generations can you go back um, in your family and looking at the women in your family? And sometimes <laughs> seeing that generational trauma, it mm -hmm. just go from generation to generation. And when does somebody realize it needs to stop? Because mm, it's like that healing. The healing heal. is pour love yeah. into somebody else, despite what they mm -hmm. went through. Mm -hmm. That is pour love, and I say that for like the women in my family, like two generations back, they mm -hmm. dealt with horrible, horrible relationships. They dealt with even some of their kids not just being crazy, and sometimes yeah. having mental health issues, and <laughs> still always pouring love. That's all they did. Mm -hmm. And how can you do that? And sometimes you pour love back to them. And mm -hmm. then they realize, oh, like, I'm I, I'm not going to be mad at her. I'm not, this isn't a back and forth. And sometimes yeah. allowing God to fill that void and like mm -hmm. pray for healing to a certain magnitude. So my thing is like, mm -hmm. we're healed to this point. God, I need you to push us up into the level. Yeah. Because like you said, how we know how it feels when our moms say that they're proud of us and they love us and then they show us yeah you know what i realized too mm -hmm. um i don't have any daughters but even even though i don't have a daughter yet as a mother it feels good to my boys they know i need encouragement and they're just little they say mommy you did a good job so I told my mom just last week, I said, mom, I, I started to get frustrated with her. I don't know how to explain it, but it was just, she was trying to teach me something that she didn't realize she had already taught me through her actions over and over. Mm -hmm. I said, mom, I said, you always knew my mom. I just want you to know you did a good job. I understand that. As far as the, the morals, the priorities, you put them there. So that portion of the lesson, you just say that for the grandkids. <laughs> but she stopped and said, you think I did a good job? I said, man, you did a great job with me and my brother. And I think she needed to hear that. I think that's part of her healing too. It, go, it does go both ways. What you're saying just now. Sometimes we have to tell our mom as adults, even though my kids tell me that, say, you know what? I'm on the other side of this. You know, I got a couple gray hairs. And I think I, think, um, I aspire to be you know, as good as a mother as you've been and more. Um, so that was a healing conversation right there. But yeah, you totally right about that. And we talk about the generations of mothers who had, had to go through a bunch of terrible, traumatic things. Like they didn't have a voice. They did not have the voice that we have in 2022. They did not. Well, le well let me stop. Some had a voice more than others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I think it was always based on the type of marriage that they had. Like yeah. my paternal great grandmother, um, her first husband, who's actually my, my, um, my great grandfather, he was, 
He just wasn't the best individual. And so mm-hmm. she divorced him and left him after she had her two kids and like moved on. And then a couple years later, she remarried um, this man who already had kids. They had some more kids. He loved on her. So everybody knew she had a certain voice. Ma'am. So, I mean, I'm just saying, think it's in time for a black woman to leave a man with two kids Mm -hmm. in Mm. the early 30s. That's the thing. That, mm. was, that was the thing in her 20s. Yeah. She just up and leave a man and have her two kids. I don't need you. I don't need this. I don't need this This life. You think about that. And so yeah. what she poured into her kids mm-hmm. and to make sure they valued family because that was the thing they said they didn't mm-hmm. talk about. There was never um, like you would get a whooping if you ever said stepbrother, stepsister. They're like, no, this is a family. They're not no mm. It's a family. Yeah. And pouring love into those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like my maternal grandmother, like she was full of love. That was all she mm-hmm. did, despite like some of the things that she was dealing with. Um, yeah. Whether she's working for the white folks or, you know, anything else. Just was she like to help? Love. Mm-hmm. She was. Man, my, because, yeah, mine was too. And literally at her funeral, the children she raised, mm-hmm. they came to her yes. funeral. And yes. they were on the, you know, right there beside us crying. Yeah. So and you, so you know the impact that that, that mm-hmm. she instilled in them. That they still showed up for her birthday parties and for her funeral and all of that. Oh so, my goodness! This is a whole another podcast. It is, but so like I said, what does the so when you have that love, but then you have like a, another side of your family. You realize mm-hmm. that it's generational traumas that didn't stop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're like, it's in, it's me. We're in a different generation. I affirm that we need to be healed, and that mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to pass this on to my future children. At least them. Say, you better hand clap that. Right <laughs> because yeah. I don't. I, I think that be healed. You know, that's, you, you know you, when you were talking about our grandmothers and great grandmothers and great great grandmothers. Mm-hmm. But um, how when they had their homegrown service, they had all kinds of children, the grown children. They raised not just their biological children, but other folks' children, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here thinking that trauma that they had, those women were strong because they like, okay, let's get up, let's have this, let's have this sanka, let's have this coffee, let's have, and let's keep it moving. I don't have time to cry. I don't have time to properly heal because I got to raise my kids, their kids, them kids, just <laughs> Mr. Joe kids. Yes. And yes. And, and, then, and they did it so well that people we had never met loved our grandmother just as much as we did. They could have laid on the casket. If they, let me tell you. <laughs> okay. What was that? So to, it's like they were giving, where would they get, what the source had to be from God. What, where? Where do you, could you imagine? I can't imagine raising my children and someone else's children who on some level, they're my oppressors. And yet I still have so much love to give to the, the love that those children deserve. All children deserve love, regardless of how their parents act. I, I, I don't know if I have the capacity that my grandparents, grandmothers had, our grandmothers had. I respect that. No, I, I agree. 
So understanding what is your capacity, which we, I, I constantly talk about, what is your capacity and your capacity to love and mm. loving so many people. And I guess I come from a huge family on both sides. And so like even my extended family, like my mom having all these siblings, my dad having all these siblings and like learning to love through them and everybody gives differently. And some people, I think, you know, they're like, well, this isn't my concern, but it is though, because it's still the healing needs to take place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Healing still needs to take place. But like I say, I understand what the capacity is that I need to be healed for my future spouse mm -hmm. and for my future children mm -hmm. and that, mm -hmm. and help myself and be healed. And I think that you hear people say that like the pandemic has showed you all that, like I need to be a healed person or I won't, I wouldn't be able to get through this season. Yes. The and pandemic even was not like a seeing people and not seeing people like realize that yeah. I have this person by in three years at this point. Yeah. It, it was a reset button. There's a lot of tragedy and a lot of good people left this world. Yes. However, at the same time, it was a reset button for everyone's priorities. What's important? It reminded me of how important it is to be around loving people with good healing energy. Um, it made me more selfish with my energy, <laughs> to be real with you. Not selfish. It increased my discernment. Like, it, you know, it's like your energy is like loaning someone a, a favorite hat. Are they going to mistreat your hat, give it back to y'all crumpled up? Okay. Or are they going to give it back and say, here, I care for it. I thank you. I need it. You know, some folks you loan your energy, try to help them, they just throw it away. Wait a minute, that was expensive. That was that, that was, was my no, that was valuable. And I think some yeah. people don't understand that. And like you said, this is a reset. It was a discernment period. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. praying for discernment during this period of like, God, I just need your help. Mm -hmm. This is a reset for the entire world, but I need you to reset me. Mm -hmm. And when I mess up tell me I've messed up and I accept that mm -hmm. and I want your forgiveness but and asking for the forgiveness of others mm -hmm. um, that you may have hurt and yeah. telling them that and again I think is this is a season and understanding that the things you go through and the people that you deal with sometimes may be a season um, it's just because people change and you heal and they don't heal but that's the thing, the issue with our mothers, though, is that in our maternal figures and our families, sometimes that you can't, well, in my mind, I understand that you can distance yourself from a toxic family member. But how are you trying to repair your relationship so that you don't have to put too much distance from them? I understand that if your mother hurts you, that's, I understand that piece. But yeah, I understand that it's another part of our parents. They just have generational traumas and they they don't know how to fix themselves. Yeah. So how can we meet them where they are? Without yeah. putting ourselves um, at risk of, you know, going back. In danger. Mm -hmm. how, do we, how do we mend the relationship if it's mendable? while protecting ourselves. And that's where we go to God to ask for guidance and discernment. 
The discernment will tell you when to answer the phone and when to not answer the phone. <laughs> For real. And then no, no, sometimes no, no. that that's that's yeah. real. Sometimes I'm like, I don't need to answer the phone right now. Mm-hmm. I need to be in the season of just sitting here watching TV for an hour. Yeah, and, and and not answering that phone, you can go back and call your mom when you're when I like to make sure my attitude is good. If someone is calling me, no matter how much I love them, and my attitude is not positive, I'm not going to subject them to my attitude. I'm going to do them a favor and call them back (laughs) okay no that's real and the fact that again we know this that we need to sometimes check our attitudes first and as your mom used to say especially when we were going through our teenage phases of like you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself um yeah that is still a thing in 2022, oh as a grown woman, like, let me check myself first because I'm not prepared to, because I, I don't know what energy is on the other end of this phone. Ma'am, let me make sure day, I am okay first. Yes. The other day, here's a quick little anecdote. I, I had a client of mine, I reached out to her because a very good opportunity came through for her. And I could tell, you know, we didn't have an appointment. I tried to call people without appointments. But when she answered the phone, she was she was not, she was like, uh, I'll say a level seven mm-hmm. um, rudeness. And um, I, in my mind, I was like, ma'am, I'm calling you with a blessing. You know, just shoot me the voicemail and we'll talk later. <laughs> you know, so, but that's a perfect example. If, ha- if I had not been where I am, guarding my own energy to protect people sometimes, I wouldn't have recognized. Maybe she would have got that blessing. Maybe before the pandemic, I'd have been like, oh, I was just calling to check on you, holler. And then <laughs> didn't even give her the opportunity that was for her, you know? But yeah, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, and when I got off the phone, of course, when she heard the opportunity, her attitude changed to positive. But when I got off the phone, I was like, you know what? Whew, God did that. That was God. Scott, someone's calling you to give you an opportunity. It wasn't for me. It was it was a someone that had you know real influence. Don't shoot the messenger. You don't know why that person's calling you. So check your energy. If it's if you're not happy, shoot them a text. Can I call you back later? Can I, you know, say it. Give me thirty minutes. <laughs> Something. No, sometimes I, I've done that, especially when I was like. In the beginning of the year, that's a reset for me. Um, and so, the beginning of the year, I was reset like certain hours of like I'm not available. I'll text you and say, "Give me till ten o'clock, and I'll call you back." Or I know I'm in a season of I just need to pull back from everybody just a little bit. I can't have the heavy conversations. I like mm-hmm. I just need God to work on me. And some people mm-hmm. think it's so strange. And I used to, and I will say. When I wasn't the person that I am now, I used to think that I'm like they being so extra for no reason. It don't take all that, but it does. Mm. Especially when you're waiting for God to talk to you. Um, yeah, and using the right people because I promise you, when I'm going through certain seasons, it's people who call me out the blue I haven't talked to in months, and they pour into me, and I'm like, I'm better. That's how I, that's what I needed. It's like prayed about it, uh-huh. prayed for discernment. 
and you ask for wisdom and God gives you wisdom through somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very wise. I used to think that too. I used to think that people, I just, I just learned that about myself. I used to think that people who didn't tell everybody their blessings some kind of way really didn't appreciate their blessings. I didn't understand sometimes God just wants to be you and God while you're in that, while he's working on you. Some things, sometimes, just like in the Bible, when Jesus healed that man, he said, uh, now don't go tell everybody. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it's a reason. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, well, you go ahead and tell now. This, this is the time to tell it. Now I need you to testify. But I, I didn't have been through it to recognize what it was. So I judged people improperly. I shouldn't have been judging anyone. So I feel you on that. But back to toxic mothers. What about the mothers? I have a question. What about the mothers that actually abused? What about those? Like, I mean, no, not that's just a different situation. I mean, no, that's a different situation. If your mother has, um, like, verbally abused you, physically abused you, I totally understand that. I think you should forgive at some point, but that doesn't mean you have to fully like go back to talking talking to them like they're your mom every day. No. I understand that. I'm not telling you that you have to like how some people say, Well the Bible says respect your mother and father. No. They disrespected you to a certain point. You understood that that relationship is toxic and you can't be part of it. I understand when some people just send a card. For me, that's not nothing I've ex experienced before. Me either, thank God. So you do have a parent that you are estranged from. So how do you handle it? Do you just distance yourself from them and be okay with it? Or how do you, what do you do? If you can get to that part, if you can get that much healing done, I think a lot of people are walking around full of anger, grown adults. They can't even get to the forgiveness part. I say, you can I've learned to respect my father from a distance, you know, um, love thy mother and father. It didn't say you had to be right up under him to do it. <laughs> be respectful so that your days are long. But um, some parents, some mothers are so broken and so unhealed that they're attacking their kids even as they're grown, you know? That part. But sometimes I think that when they do it when they're grown is because they are afraid to let go. And so I've seen a shift in um, my, like my mom versus some other family members um, versus my friend's mom. Like you can tell who's ready to let go and who's not. And sometimes that's just based on the way they treat you, um, based on your conversations. And then on one hand, you, th you think they're ready and then they're not. And understanding that you're growing, but that you're not leaving them. But I think that's, that's a definitely a thing. And they're not understanding that sometimes. And they can love too hard. They can love too hard don't want to let you go. You know, realize that they're not letting us go. They're letting us live. Mm -hmm. We all want to get to the point where we can be friends, best friends with our, our mothers, right? And my mom is one of my besties. I, I, I like, that's a flex for me. <laughs> that's a whole flex. I can pretty much tell her anything. 
but the reason why we had that relationship now is because when she was raising us, we went through a lot together. We survived the divorce together. And she was very transparent about things as much as a child can, can bear, you know? And, um, yeah, I, I totally, I totally get that, that, um, they can't, they, they, they don't understand. Some mothers don't understand that allowing your grown child to live is not the same as letting go. It's just, you just letting them live, you know, let them live, let them, let them fall, let them make mistakes, let them, you know, we'll come back when we have, when we need some help. That's what we do. I'm, I call my mama so much. She did, she ended the conversation with me the other night. She said, well, let me go. I was talking to her, her face off. <laughs> my mom was at that point, too. She was like, oh, my God. You just love to talk. And I said, I don't talk to you. I have, I maintain boundaries. I don't talk to you every day. Sometimes I have other stuff to say. That's all. Like I said, understanding healthy boundaries with our moms is the most important thing. Here's the thing, too. They have boundaries, too, when we're grown up. They do. They have boundaries too. They, you just can't expect them to be available all the time. You know that when I call my mom and I don't hear instantly, I'm immediately like, "What is going on? Do I need to go over there?" She's not waiting by the phone for me. <laughs> you know? Oh no, I definitely do that. And so I think my parents realize that now, and they'll text me back. I call, I call house phone, I call cell phones, and when they don't answer, they, I feel like so. Somebody, what do you mean? First of all. I'm not at home and I'm busy. I will call you when I get home. Oh, for real? That's what you're gonna do? Okay. And I think that that has changed of like having access. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. How are you? I'm, I'm your child. And you're not gonna answer the phone for me. And you need to tell the other person you can call them back. They're like, is it an emergency? Yeah. No. Okay. No, then. but I came out of your body. I came out of your body. I know that. <laughs> That. So I think it's that, but like tugging the line of like boundaries and what's your expectation of your parent as an adult? What do you expect them to be? Sometimes you do expect them to be your best friend, but sometimes you know your parent is not there yet, that they want to be your parent. This is how I know the relationship is healing. When you don't have to tell your mother you're grown anymore, straight. <laughs> what is your advice? Or wisdom for healing um, mother-daughter relationships in 2022. Focus on your own healing before we get and in, in, involved in anyone else's healing, including our mothers. That's that that because I have really grown my meditation life and my spiritual life, and it has helped me. It seriously, God has helped me heal. A lot. That little girl had a lot. Ooh. She had. A, she was carrying a lot of bags. Now that I feel like I'm on my healing journey, I can be less judgmental about my mother's or anyone else's. Because I think when we approach someone from a "I know better than you" angle, that's that's a that's a bad foot. Like we shouldn't start off with that foot. We need to. <laughs> we need to come in hot with the judgment. <laughs> you know? So uh, yeah, if we focus on our own healing, it'll make us more sensitive to our mother's healing. Because she will never know what we go through, really. And we will never know what she went through, really. We will never really understand each other's uh, journeys. 
So just be kind and sympathetic. I mean, I was talking to a friend months ago and I told her, I said, man, do you realize my mother is old enough that women couldn't even get bank accounts by themselves. You had to have a man to get a bank account. It puts some things in perspective. That's why no. I commend women um, yeah. in our lineage who did that. When, Like I said, 90 years ago, when it wasn't acceptable to do that at all. Yeah, your, 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 was, that your great, was that your great-grandmother mm-hmm. or grandmother? It was maternal my grandmother. She was a bad mamma jamma because that, that was a boss move. Like I said before, <laughs> on another episode, we're like embodying what God has placed into you with your lineage and with the wisdom that you're constantly poured into to heal yourself, heal your generational traumas, um, and mend relationships as far as you can. But understanding that you give others grace and that you set boundaries for yourself towards others. Yes. Remember, and also remember that we are really doing things that our ancestors prayed for. And that is the end of this episode. Thanks for listening to many of the madams. Thanks for understanding that adulting in life is real and we had to have a summer sabbatical. But we're back and happy fall, y'all. Got a lot in your mind and we just talk about it.